Welcome back to another episode of the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast. I am your host, Liz Fiddler. Today, we are going to talk about something a little bit different, but it's something that I have consistently been asked for most of my entire life, and it's how do I get so much stuff done? And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of things that I just plain ignore, Um, so I pick and choose and I prioritize, but... I am 34 years old, and I definitely have had to really implement some systems throughout my life, especially adjusting to the life of an entrepreneur and setting my own schedule and staying really disciplined with that. So I am going to give you guys a little insight of what my brain looks like and how I organize my life. And, you know, I truly think that there is time to fit in the things that you need. I'm going to give a lot of book recommendations. I I share them all the time on my stories in social media, on Sunny Mary Meadow, on my page, but I am a constant, constant learner. I love reading. I listen to a lot of audiobooks while I'm driving, while I'm brushing my teeth, while I'm cooking, whatever it might be. I don't watch Netflix. I don't watch TV. I don't do any of that stuff. I am constantly listening to a lot of self-help books and it's a lot of time managements and efficiency books. Most people probably don't find that super fun or super helpful, but for me, it's like I've been doing this for over 10 years and it just works. So I was not always this way. I definitely, I would say in high school, it school came pretty easy to me. And so I never really had to learn how to study or how to do well. I just, you know, got everything done when I needed to, and I didn't really worry about it. And I went to college and that first semester was pretty easy that, you know, very first, you know, just like English 101 or whatever it was where we just had to write papers or a lot of those classes were pretty easy to me. And then I ended up, I'm not embarrassed by this, but it's a little bit, okay, I'm a little embarrassed by it. I had to retake anatomy and I am a nurse practitioner. And the only reason I had to retake anatomy was because I didn't take enough time to study. I just, I just didn't, I didn't know how to prioritize that. And it was a class that was just way too time consuming and I still wanted to like go out with my friends. And it's not that I was so busy partying that I failed a class. I just, I was working 20 hours a week at a job. And it was like, I I didn't realize what I needed to do and how I needed to set that time aside to study. And so I bombed, absolutely bombed the first couple tests. And then I think I got high Bs on the next couple ones, but it just, it, it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough to bring my grade up. And I ended up missing a C by like, six points out of like 800 in a class. And so you need at least a C in everything to apply to nursing school. And so it was that summer after freshman year and it was, it was my own fault. It was nobody's fault, but mine. I knew that I was capable of getting, you know, a high B or a low A in that class. I I knew I could, um, but I got a D and I ended up, you know, just taking that summer to like, okay, do I want to change my major? What do I want to do? I'm like, nope, I'm going to retake it. And I ended up missing an A by a couple points that fall when I retook the class. But it was like, I mean, that that course and those couple weeks of bombing that first test when I was 18 years old 
cost me so much money because instead of graduating in four years, I graduated in four and a half years and just, yeah, definitely was very a hard lesson learned, but I'm glad I stuck to it. And there's no one to blame but myself. It was literally a couple weeks where I didn't study as much as I could have. And I got like 50 some percent on that first test and oh crap, there's no coming back from this because there's only you know, six tests in the entire course and it's a hard course. And if you bomb one, you got to get almost perfect everywhere else. And that's pretty hard to do. And so I'm, I'm actually incredibly thankful that I did miss that C by six points and, you know, 15 years ago or whatever, because had I got the C, I probably, I probably wouldn't have learned to study properly. I probably, you know, oh, see, I can, I can, I can bring myself back up from that. No, like I'm, I'm glad I had to redo it. I'm glad I had to learn it, learn it well, learn the content definitely made me a better nurse. And when I went back to nurse practitioner school, I knew how to be a good student. And I don't know, just like those little life lessons that you learn along the way. When I was in grad school, I went to South Dakota State University and I lived by St. Cloud. So it was a four hour drive I did not have an online program. It was a hybrid program. But once a week, I had to be in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, four hours away from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. every Tuesday, which that meant I had to go down the night before. And then the night of I was driving. Plus, we had like my curriculum had like 1100 hours of clinical and most only have about 700. And so I had a really rigorous graduate curriculum and I didn't really have to worry about time management because I just had to get stuff done in the time I had available. I had a kid, I was married, you know, Josh, and we just, any free time I had, I was doing homework. That's how it worked because I was still working as an RN. Like I had to pay my bills. I had to, you know, I was only working pretty part-time and then I had clinicals where I was working for free unpaid. And then I had, um, I had to go to and from Sioux Falls. And so any free time I had, it was just chipping away at my my to-do list or whatever it was. If it was, you know, I have this homework, I have this assignment, I have this test, I have these chapters to read and reread and take notes and read my notes and study. And so I never really, you know, knew much about setting my own schedule. And so then now that I own these multiple businesses and we'll get to it all at once, but it's really holding myself accountable. And it's been a lot of different tips and tricks and learning. So I'm just going to share with you the ebooks or not the ebook, well, audio books that I've read, but they're physical books too. But the books that I have read on time management, I basically cherry pick my favorite things from each one. And it's a combination of all of these strategies for how I structure my week. So the first author that I'm going to talk about, so, well, and then, so I have my flower farm, I have, you know, my business that I do through there. I have inquiries all the time for like weddings and donations and events. And, you know, I have to promote those. And in the summertime, it's, you know, my planting schedule, all of that. Um, I have the podcasts, which essentially lead into my coaching business, Sunny Mary Meadow Coaching, where I have some coaches on there. I do some one-to-one coaching. I do group coaching. And then I have the Bloom and Grow podcast that's just coming out now. And I have my book that I'm writing and I'm working with the publisher through that. I have a couple other books that I've written. And then, of course, I work every Wednesday as a nurse practitioner. So the thing is, I love the flexibility of being an entrepreneur to where if I have a sick kid or if there's something going on or all of a sudden, you know, this week, for example, my sister and her husband are going to be in the cities, you know, an hour away. Normally, they live almost six hours away. And I have a flexible schedule where I can rearrange and adjust and get together with them. 
at any given point because I am my own boss. However, and what I think, you know, a lot of my friends and stuff have had a hard time understanding, and that's fine. I don't expect anyone to understand, but there is still a lot of work to be done. I cannot just go out to lunch every day. I can't just, oh, go get a pedicure or, oh, just, you know, whatever in the afternoon. Like, no, I'm working Um, and staying disciplined and sticking to that schedule. And truly, like, if there is a weak link in the chain, it, it completely disrupts the entire week. And so that's where it's like, yeah, I can be flexible a little bit here and there, but if something is consistently dis- disrupting the chain, you know, every single week for months straight, like it's got to be changed. It's not going to work. And so I'm going to go through and just kind of tell you how I do it all. Taking a quick break from this episode to ask a very, very tiny favor of you. If you're enjoying this podcast, please hit pause and go and give us a five-star rating. If you feel compelled or inclined to write a review, that would be so appreciated. But honestly, the rating is all we're asking right now. Podcasts get recommended to people based on downloads and keywords and ratings. And if lots of people are listening and rating it high, then the platforms try to find more people that they think will also like it. So it's a really simple and easy thing for you to do, but it really does mean so much to us. So please consider hitting pause, giving it a five-star rating, and then coming back and finishing this episode. Thank you. So one of my favorite authors that I love listening to, her name is Laura Vanderkam. And I have read her books 168 hours. I know how she does it. Tranquility by Tuesday. And then there's another one. I think it's what the most successful people do before breakfast. But I I took so many things away from that. If you are a if you're a mom, if you're a career woman, if you're, you know, and and definitely males can relate to this too, but she talks about, you know, her time use studies and her Tranquility by Tuesday book just came out last year, and it's it's one of my favorites because it takes all of the things of like what we learned about hustle culture and just says, okay, hold on, like we're we're not going to live in this chaos anymore. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to live my life like this. I I want to be able to answer the questions, you know. Yet, you know, if at any given point, if there's a survey, so she came up with these nine rules, and you know, you have to implement them and she did before and after surveys of like thousands of women. And it was like, yesterday I had enough time or yesterday I was able to fulfill my hobbies or yesterday I was able to, you know, do the work I needed to reach my professional goals or whatever it might be. And honestly, like I can see how it's just so helpful. Like, so there are little rules for like how you can live the life that you want to be living. And her book, I Know How She Does It, is definitely, I mean, I would recommend that to anyone. I believe that the criteria for being in that study was you have to have one minor child living under your roof. You have to be, I don't think you have to be married, but you have to have a partner because I think, you know, she's like, well, I know that some successful people are single, some successful people aren't, but like, we're going to use that as a criteria because, you know, you've got someone else's health and happiness and well-being to consider besides just your own. And then she used the term successful. She used it as earning six figures. And she's like, I realized that, you know, maybe the most, absolutely most, you know, best, best, best teacher 
will be not considered successful by that because they're not making six figures, you know, if they're just elementary teacher or something. And she goes, also the worst, crappiest lawyer or doctor is making six figures. So she's like, I get it. Like money doesn't define success, but we're just going to use that as a benchmark because we have to have some sort of place to set the bar. So she studied, you know, their time use and how, you know, in 15 minute increments and just, you know, the successful, like how they look at their, look at 168 hours in a week instead of 24 hours in a day or whatever it might be. And so her books just gave me a lot of like how to prioritize things and not feel guilty. And maybe instead of family suppers, we do family breakfast because that's what work for us or whatever it might be. And not feeling, you know, well, you're supposed to have supper as a family. And if you don't, you're a crappy mom and whatever. Like, no, we have family breakfast. It's fine. We're good. So a lot of those that I've read over the years. And then now I'm going to talk about how I structure my week. So there's another book that I read. It's called Deep Work by Cal Newport. And it's rules for focused success in a distracted world. This book is, it talks about deep work versus shallow work and knowing when you can achieve them. And I know for me that my deep work is achieved in the morning. I would say before noon, anything after 11 a.m., like might as well shut off my creative brain. And so I don't waste my mornings on anything shallow. And that might be responding to emails or working out or, you know, whatever. And I used to think like, no, I'm going to work out in the morning because I have energy and I feel better throughout the day, but I don't want to waste that valuable focused creativity on something that really doesn't require a lot of focus. And for me, that's working out. So now I work out in the afternoons because I get up at 5.30 and I start writing or I start, you know, writing podcast episodes or I, you know, sometimes I just, that's when I have the brain power to like work on my sales tax or, you know, those reports or whatever it might be. And so deep work. So knowing what your most productive time is and, you know, just not getting distracted and not, you know, not answering emails, not having those alerts on there, not having all of those things, you know, during your deep work time. So deep work by Cal Newport. And then I read another book called Eat That Frog. And actually, this is one that my late husband, Josh, recommended to me. And he used this for about a year before he died. And it's going to sound crazy, but when he died suddenly of a heart attack, I knew the code to his phone and I could see on his notes tab his Eat That Frog list. So the concept behind that book and Eat That Frog is written by Brian Tracy. And his thoughts are, you know, just ways to stop procrastinating and to prioritize your to-do list. And he's like, okay, if you have to eat a frog every single day, no matter what, you know you have to eat a frog, isn't it better to just get it over with, not dwell on it all day? And you have to eat it every single day. You have to do it. And so he talks about prioritizing those things that you have to get done. What is the most important thing on your list? So that's the frog that you have to eat. So it's like, I, I don't have a choice. I have to go to the DMV. Like my tabs are expired. I have to do that today. Just get it over with. If you know you have to do it, just get it over with. Which So that, I mean, sometimes some of these things are not your deep work or are not whatever, but just get it off your list. And then it just makes you think so much more clearly. So I have a Google Doc on my phone titled Eat That Frog. And so I have the Sheets app or... Yeah. So I have yeah the Google Docs. Well, I have Google Sheets too, but I have the Google Doc app on my phone and then it's on my iPad. It's on my computer. And I will go through every Monday 
and well, and then typically every morning I just glance at it and I will, I have a today to-do list or a today. It's not necessarily a to-do list, but it's just like frogs that I have to eat today, tomorrow, this week, this month. And at the bottom, I just have like, you know, general stuff. And it's like, if I have a wedding that's booked or I have, I have a bride that I have to follow up with, you know, I'll put it under next week. Like, okay. And then I start just gradually bringing stuff up on that list. That is my like daily, how I know what needs to get done list. So that's that eat that frog list. Um, it's just really helpful to, you know, kind of look at what I need to do next. And then every single Friday I plan my next week. So I don't do to-do lists. I do time blocking. So I will give myself, you know, maybe it's three tasks a day and I will time block, not do to-do lists. Because say if you have, oh, clean the bathrooms, work on some social media posts for my business, order inventory for that wedding in a couple weeks, you know, whatever it might be. If you have a to-do list, you have to wait until something is done to start the next thing. Whereas I like to do time blocking. So it's like I get 90 minutes per task to get as much of that done as I can. And then I get like a 20 minute break and then the next time block starts. And then I keep an hour at the end of the day. So that's my Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday is all time blocking like that. Wednesdays I work as a nurse practitioner, but Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday is time blocked. And you know, if, if I don't get it done, you know, so like every Monday I will plan all of my social media posts for the week. Um, for my multiple, multiple businesses. And so I give myself, you know, that 90 minutes to completely do all of it. I use an app called Trello um, with my social media manager. And I'll get to that at the end, what I do. But um, if I don't get it done within that 90 minutes, so say I have three things that are time blocked that day, you know, and maybe it's payroll or maybe it's, you know, whatever it might be. If I do that on Mondays and then at the end of the day, I have like a 30-minute overflow. So if any of those 90-minute time blocks that I didn't get something done, that's where it goes at the end of the day. And so if you know you only have until, you know, if it's 8 a.m., I only have until 9.30 to do this, and then I have to move on to the next thing. Otherwise, if you have, if you give yourself all day to do it, well, you'll just get it done eventually. So I give myself, I set a timer for that 90 minutes, and that's about the most, I mean, sometimes some things are only 45 or whatever, but I will schedule those on Friday for the following week. I will go through and time block everything in my Google Calendar. And then I also try to, so that's on Mondays. I do my eat that frog list. I start my time block. I schedule it all the Friday before. I keep Fridays open. I don't schedule any appointments. I don't meet with any brides. I don't record any podcasts, anything like that, because I need Fridays for overlap. Because guess what? Something is always going to come up throughout the week and I need a place to put it. And that's Fridays. And it doesn't happen very often, but I would absolutely love to just take Fridays off and not work on Fridays. But that's kind of where the overflow ends up going. And then every Wednesday, so midweek, I end up doing what's called a brain dump. So I literally write down everything that's still on my mind. Maybe it's on my, like it's separate. This is much more of a to-do list than a frog list, if that makes sense. The frog list is like, and this has to get done. The to-do list is, yeah, it has to get done, but it's like, 
just helps me clear my mind. Like I need to, oh my gosh, I need to schedule a dentist appointment or, oh, I got a so-and-so's, you know, it was, it's my mom's birthday next week. So now I got to order something or I got to get groceries before the weekend because we have friends coming, whatever it might be, anything that's on my mind, I put it. So it's a left column where I make a list. And then on the right side, there are three boxes. So one is the three most important. The next box is the three easiest. And then the next box is the next three. So basically, you know, say there's 20 things on that list, you know, everything that's just like on my mind and whatever, I'm going to at least schedule nine of them and get them done, get them off the list. And then the next day, you know, if they're still left over, they can be on my frog list. Otherwise, like, I just don't need to get done and it's fine. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and I am going to tell you all about my other podcast, Bloom and Grow with Liz Fiddler. In the early days of the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast, we had bonus Bloom and Grow episodes where I shared some personal insights in my experience with love and loss and grief. And ultimately, we decided it needed its own podcast. So you can click the link in the episode this very episode and hit the subscribe button so that you get alerts when new episodes come out. The Bloom and Grow podcast with Liz Fiddler is where we share stories of those who have grown through grief and break down barriers that isolate us in those challenging parts of our lives. We know that time doesn't heal, but intention does. And the weight of grief doesn't get any lighter, but we can get better at carrying it. This podcast isn't just for those going through something sad or difficult, but also for those who know someone who is by sharing tips and perspectives in how to be a better support for your loved ones that are grieving. If you're interested in hearing more, click the link in this episode's notes so that you can subscribe and check it out. And thank you so much for blooming and growing with us. I also read a couple books. They have been pretty, pretty life-changing in my business. So there are these books by Dan Sullivan. So the very first one that I read was Who Not How. And Basically, it's it's all about finding your who's. And I'm going to talk about my who's in just a minute. So how world-class entrepreneurs achieve more by doing less. And that one's called 10x is easier than 2x. And I would say I definitely have 10x to my business in so many ways. I do subscriptions. I do STEM bars. I do classes at big events or, you know, like at bigger locations where I can fit 40 to 50 people. I do, yeah, my picks where I have 30 to 60 people. It's not these one-off, one-time bouquets because I, I just don't have time to do them. So everything that I do is in pretty big volume. And the prep work, the prep work is not 10 times as much. It's two times as much or whatever. But if you do two times the sale, the work is two times as much, whether you have two times or 10 times. And so it's just 10x is easier than 2x. That's been a very, very life-changing book but who, not how. So I have, I recently, just this month, actually in December, it's been a long time coming. I just didn't know what I needed, but I recently hired, now I have an executive assistant named Beth. And so she is salaried. I pay her every month and she does my inbox management and my podcast guests. So we have a Calendly app. She will send it out. She will triage my email. She'll put it in a folder for me to read. And yeah, so she's just, she's my who for that because I, I could spend so much time doing that. I'm, I know I'm missing out on sales when someone sends me an email saying, hey, I want you to do the flowers for my wedding next summer or whatever it might be. And I just do not have time to 
answer emails as they're coming in. And so now I've got her to prioritize them. And at the end of every day, because remember, I don't do my deep work in the morning. It's still important work, but it's not deep work. And again, that book will that book will differentiate it. But so she does that. I have a virtual assistant named Dexter, and he is the one who will, you know, I'll record a lesson, a video lesson within my Pedaling Perishable Products course or whatever. I'll send him a Google Doc of an outline and he will make it look all pretty and put it on Canva and edit the video and upload the video because those are things that take, you know, 20 minutes or whatever. And then now I've got him running like the Facebook groups for my podcast and he will upload the episodes into those groups and kind of moderate it. And like just so many odds and ends things that I have him doing. Like every single episode, I want to be a pin on Pinterest so that that can, you know, generate traffic toward the podcast. And yeah, I have learned so much about like SEO and search engine optimization and how to get your whatever to show up. And he's just so good at that. And then I have Abby, who is both my social media manager and my podcast producer. I record the episodes. I upload them to the Google Drive. She will edit them, produce them, add my little jingle, take out the ums, the ahs, the pauses, and upload them to the distributor that sends them to Spotify and Apple and, you know, wherever you listen to your podcast. And then she also does a lot of my social media creation. I come up with the ideas and we use Trello to communicate back and forth. And I still do, you know, I, I'm still the one like posting it and responding to DMs or whatever it is, but she will create it. And as long as she's doing it anyway, and she knows, you know, she'll make the clip of the podcast for Bloom and Grow or whatever that I can upload to Instagram and doing it all at once. And then of course I have my who's in the summertime that help out on the farm. They're, you know, the farm hands and cutting the flowers, making the arrangements. You know, I've got Lindsay, I've got Brittany. We're going to be hiring one more this summer. And so it's just, you know, it's a whole team of figuring out like, how does this work? But it all has to work around getting everything done. And I, I understand like, there's probably some of you listening, like, wow, this is this is crazy. Like I didn't, you know, and if you would have told me a couple of years ago that this was what my day-to-day looked like, you know, it's it's really hard to, you know, you think like, oh, well, they don't work. They've got a flexible schedule. Like they can stay home with their kids, but there's no way I would achieve everything that I'm getting done if it wasn't for the team and the schedule. And, you know, if my schedule gets off because of one thing, like it just, it really, it does throw a wrench in things. However, I'm really, really doing everything I can to be flexible with that. And that was that Tranquility by Tuesday book that I read in October. And that was a couple months ago. And that has been just absolutely life-changing. Leaving the Friday open so that I can just have a fluid schedule and move it in because I know that I'm going, there's going to be things that pop up. There's going to be things that happen. Um, You know, now I've got Dexter, other things that he can do, like, you know, I'll send him a list of flowers and he'll Google them. So there'll be stock images, but you know, he can put them on a Canva template and send that, you know, just email that to the bride. So now they know like what their flowers are going to look like or whatever it might be, you know, a vision board or whatever. And so it's just, it's figuring out like, that template, but I think, you know, I'm going to put all of these books in the episode notes, but yeah, so I just, I schedule it all on Friday or like, you know, I time block and I put it into the calendars for those days for the following Friday, but I don't schedule anything on Friday, just knowing that I make my schedule on Friday and eventually, hopefully next summer or hopefully, you know, this spring 
right now we're pretty, we're hitting things pretty hard with like the podcast and the book and there's just a lot of behind the scenes things going on that I'm trying to bank up a lot of work so that I'm not working like crazy next summer, but you know, I'm just trying to find that balance and make sure I have time for my hobbies and, you know, just knowing like the number one thing is my time with my family and building a business around that. And it just, it can't be built around anyone else. And that's okay. Like it just trying to figure out how to prioritize it all. And so I don't know, I just scheduling everything, having a time to do everything. I really, I don't, you know, it might seem like I'm on my phone a ton, but truly I, I put it away. I don't respond outside of certain hours. Or if I do, it's because I have time because I know I'm going to be busy the next day and not working. And I think people are pretty understanding. I just, you know, it's like, you're not going to get a response within 20 minutes. I'm not a one person that's attached to my phone and there's no flower emergencies. And, you know, I just, I don't want to have the one-off business where it's like someone orders a bouquet because it's their anniversary. And my certain customers, absolutely. Like, yes, I will. I will do a one-off bouquet in the summertime when I have flowers and when I have extras and especially when there's like subscription holders that are like, can I get an extra bouquet on Tuesday when I pick mine up? Yes, sure. Absolutely. Like those are my favorite orders to do, but it's, it's these custom one-off. It's like, no, just, just call a florist and they'll deliver it. Like I'm, I, I'm not set up to do that. And that's not the kind of business that I want to have and that's okay. So yeah, I'm going to put all of these books in the episode notes and there's a little glimpse of how I try to manage the chaos. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast. I'm your host, Liz. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and rate us. You can find us on Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook at Sunny Mary Meadow. Subscribe to our email newsletter at sunnymarymeadow.com. And if you have questions or comments or anything to say, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at sunnymarymeadow.com. Flowers, flowers, we love flowers. Sunny Mary Meadow, they smell so good. Sunny Mary Meadow dot com.